0: gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sincy Brewcast. The voice of Scentsy Craft. I'm grumpy. I'm, I'm really, really, really grumpy right now and I'm trying not to be. Um, I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm not annoyed at you guys. I'm at March 1st because they saved my life tonight. Thank you guys. We got we'll, your back. Dude. We'll turn this mood around. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into I should, but I'm not going to go too deep into <laughs> it. I had a show scheduled on the other side of town. Um miles and miles away from here. Um, There was an epic snowstorm last night. You guys all know that. You saw the snow. There was like, I don't know, depending on where you're at, nine, ten inches of snow that you had to scrape off your car. Took the day off work to record a nice show across town with a brewery that um, could use some good PR and some good uh, storytelling. And cleared off my car, cleared by schedule, drove across town and... There was nobody there to record the show with me because I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was stood up. So uh, I got grumpy, drank a couple beers, stayed grumpy after drinking those beers. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and um, put out the call on social media for somebody to save my life and help me make a show tonight. And you guys answered the call. Um,
1: we are so happy. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy
0: I, to rescue you. I, I am eternally grateful, always, to you guys coming through when I need you to, uh, to help me. And um, I'm always happy to sit here and have a drink because you guys have some really great stuff.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. i yeah, um, happy
0: to, to have you here. I, I will say, um, before I talk about what I'm drinking right now, that you can find quotes of me saying that I do not like Belgian-style beers. Um, you didn't know that when you selected this no morning. i did um but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> um, i have said that i don't like belgian style beers but then every time i've had a belgian style beer since then i've really really enjoyed it so i think that i do like them but for some reason in my head i still think that i don't like them but um i'm drinking double chin the D- double double chin double chin <laughs> um and it's fantastic, it uh, it packs all of that uh, big kind of Belgiany character, but stays drinkable. Yeah, which I guess kind of is uh is that your
1: uh um your thing? Drinkable. <laughs> drinkable, it's, yeah, isn't it's still it? Ohio's the, <laughs> most drinkable craft beer. It's, it's still up on the on the girder here in the <laughs> in the back of uh, in the back tap room.
2: Well, uh, I'll speak to that beer a little bit just because it's one of the favorite things that I've ever brewed.
0: Really?
1: Because
2: I mean, I mean. So like, I'm probably similar to you where I do, I mean, I, I like Belgian beer. I know I like Belgian beer, but I'm very selective when it comes to Belgian beer. So I brewed that with the, I brewed this beer with the intent to kind of like hit characteristics that are universal to, to other styles as well. So gotcha. it's not just like the one Belgian bomb, the, the clove or the, right. the, the banana or the,
1: the other characteristics that could come with it, right? I will say that, like, in our, in our production planning meetings, I fought against brewing a Belgian because I don't, I'm with you, I don't like Belgians. Like, I don't like, especially, like, tripels and stuff like that. Like, I just feel like they're so, and maybe my experience with them is pretty limited, um, but I, I typically don't like Belgian beer. So, um, obviously, I have got outranked when it came to that, um, and I love this one. Like, I'm about it. We kind of snuck this one into the production schedule as well. It was kind of like, oh,
2: we've got like kind of a whole, like no one's really like given the the green light for a for a Belgian, especially like a doable or a double, however you want to say it. But it was kind of like, well, we order the ingredients. It'll be all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. You guys have, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you have a little bit of freedom here with how many things are going on at March 1st to kind of sneak in some fun little experiments like that from time to time that I
1: think other places may not have. I think we're, we're blessed to have, um, obviously the fig leaf production facility that frees this area up to brew some wild stuff like this was, um, mm-hmm. uh, one of those things. And, and, uh, especially with the, all the different lines. Right. So we, we order so many ingredients for like, um, you know, the honey whiskey that just came out, we have all this honey. So we started making, you know, bees knees cocktails behind the bar with it. And, and, and those types of things that allow us to do um, small test batches of things um, in all of our lines since we're not just making beer. So we'll order ingredients for a whiskey and then somehow fold those into a beer right. or a seltzer or, you know, we'll get ex- experience with those ingredients yeah. as
2: well, too, where it's like a, we'll open those channels and those relationships with suppliers and, we'll have maybe an extra gallon or two behind the bar or like after production. And then it allows, like you said, us to kind of get a little bit creative without as much risk involved.
0: It opens up this whole big world too, especially when you start diving into cocktails and things like that, of things that you guys can do here that other places, maybe some other places can do, but just don't, they don't think about. I don't know, like you guys, it seems like are always thinking about all of these different pieces and how they relate to each other. I feel like... And I could be wrong and I may get an email about being wrong, but I feel like a lot of the places that are brewery distilleries or brewery cideries or whatever it is, I feel like they keep everything really separate and they're like these different machines operating kind of close to each other. But you guys, it it, it overlaps a lot. And even the different locations, the Figley versus March 1st and soon to be Woodburn and mm-hmm. um, the way all of those kind of overlap each other and become part of the same thing but still have their own personality I think is is really, really
1: interesting and something that we're not seeing yet in Cincinnati besides here. We've tried to make that a habit even like going through and and aging like the Imperial Stout in our own bourbon barrels, right? Right. Like that's not not a lot of people can can do that. So for us to have that flexibility, even from that like simple of an example of using our own barrels to age our beer and using then that barrel to then age bourbon again for the, um, stout cask bourbon. Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like all of those pieces have to coincide for us to be, to deliver the experience that we do in the tap rooms.
0: How do you keep control over all of that in like a, uh, maybe a logistical way of, of understanding everything that's going on and how it can relate to each other and kind of keeping it from, you know, not going off the rails and tearing itself apart.
2: Spreadsheets and a lot of conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, we have a rigid Friday morning, um, which is the worst for me, who's on the service side of things. Like Friday morning is the worst um, when we're trying to get ready for the weekend. But we have a rigid Friday morning meeting. Um, and from that spurs other meetings, right? Like, you know, the, the president of the company is, is in that meeting with us and he, you know, meets with all the department heads and then we make a plan. And then it's up to us then as managers to, Fulfill that plan, and 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 we've so there's been some stuff that's fallen through the cracks for sure, um, but we've been we're we got a good team. I think that's that's the testament to Is is between the two of us, um, Josh, Beth. You, I mean, you know all these guys. Like we have talent at every level. Um, that you that have is, talent at every level, plus Josh, plus Josh. Yeah, sure. yeah. He's like the hype man. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> nah we love you, Josh. You crush it, dude. Yeah. He's not here today.
1: That's that's why we have to give him shit the entire Exactly. The, yeah, the Miata does not do well in eight inches of snow. He lives out like east too, and he, he sent us a photo, and his car is annihilated, just like, completely buried. <laughs> He's parked in the street. Yeah, he got crushed. So yeah, Poor it's Josh.
0: it's it's fun to me to see a place like this that can. Um, I mean, not that it's not that it's really thinking out of the outside the box. Because, I mean, that's kind of a cheesy term in, in general, but like. It just makes sense like it's just it's it seems so um it it just makes sense like if if you're distilling why wouldn't you wrap it into the brewing side and if you've got a, a brewing side why wouldn't you at least dabble inside or why wouldn't you play around with with seltzer why wouldn't you like it all just it seems very um uh very common sense to me but yet nobody nobody Plays around with it the way you guys do, and that that's fun to watch and fun to fun to experience as a drinker because I think that uh as you know craft beer geeks, which I think the majority of people that listen to the show are, are beer geeks, you know it's sometimes you get afraid of the other stuff you get afraid of you know going outside of your comfort zone and and maybe trying seltzer or, or booze or whatever it is, and um, having a place that you can go to. That's a brewery and you have your, your, your beer that you you're comfortable with, but you can kind of play outside the lines a little bit and, and, and try other stuff too. That's,
1: that's, that's exciting. That's, that's fun. That gets you into other things. It does. And, and we like a lot of the time I'll drop something on Brian's plate. Like we had our, our proofed event last week where we had a bunch of just a, a tables, tasting, tasting tables where you could come and, and taste our spirits And I went to Brian, I don't know, like six weeks ahead. And I'm like, hey, I need four bottles of spirits. That are infused, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, test batch something, go. And he comes to my office one day and he's like, blueberry donut, or blueberry blueberry donut whiskey, uh, uh, pink lemonade vodka, coconut cream rum, pineapple rum, and root beer schnapps. Like, and I'm like, go. And then all (laughs) of a sudden they all like exist, right? And he's like working... And he's like, well, what do you think of this? Taste this? How's, this? How's this? How's this? And we, I don't know. We got ripped one day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the perks of the job, yeah. right?
1: You, you act like some of this stuff
0: is just like a, uh, like, I want to make this. I'm going to make it. Like, it, it's a longer process than that with a lot of these things though, right? Like how, I mean, have been playing around with root beer schnapps before, right? Yeah, we like have. It's, sometimes it's impulsive. Like yeah. with Chris's example,
2: especially when it's like these events that are a lot smaller scale or like we both have the luxury to balance the ideas off each other and get really creative. Like the, the last proof we had, we had like a blackberry sage rum. Oh. That was super good. That
0: sounds good. <laughs> the, it's the, the, the pink yeah.
2: peppercorn. Pink peppercorn and peach vodka. Oh. There's stuff like that that like isn't necessarily scalable because it's a, a true infusion. Right. Um, but, and it doesn't cater to every single demographic, but it was, it was fun for us. This, this one, this round was more for like things that we could scale up and things that we could possibly see ourselves making in the the later parts of this year and kind of doing it in a large scale. So that was the logic we used walking in, which was what, which gives the point that you said that that one, like those, those examples take a little bit longer to to lead up to.
0: What percentage of the things that you guys play around with are just those kind of spur of the moment? Can we do this? What would this be like versus like big, long-term projects that you're just trying to dial in to try to figure out if it's something that is scalable?
2: So I'd say in like, my younger years here, everything was not with the intent to scale, but as we've grown and kind of um experienced successes with with these products that we're test batching and whatnot it's kind of that's always an intention is to be able to scale it right yeah
0: it's it's exciting as a as as somebody who is just really geeky about drinking. A drunk, is that what you would call that? I suppose, I suppose. <laughs> alcohol enthusiast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. as somebody who is just really into uh into drinks and drinking culture and the the products that come around that. Um this is just such a fun place and it just feels it feels good and it feels um it feels very natural the way you guys do it too. Like there's there are other places that when they come out with a product it feels um Feels like a product. It feels like a thing that uh, that's been run through fourteen different focus groups to figure out exactly what it's supposed to taste like. And yeah, it's good, but like it doesn't feel. It just doesn't feel natural. And everything that comes out of here still feels like a, like a brewery. Like sure. that's. I think that's the way I would put it, like a, like a craft brewery. There's something about that uh, um, that craft side of it that I think a lot of bigger places are starting to to maybe lose a little bit. Thank Does that you. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we we have like,
2: for example, this proofed event wasn't the best example like I just stated, but and we still do a stout blowout event every year and we do a cider palooza event every year. And there's definitely examples in those lineups that aren't meant to be scaled up. Right. Like we did one of our more notorious ones is an everything bagel stout, which tasted like an everything bagel. I mean, it's not Something I want to
0: drink a growler of, or maybe even a pint of. But <laughs> but again, that's the other side of craft beer, like for that sure. fun side of just you you go into a place to try things that you've never had before. That maybe because it's it's weird, or because it, maybe sure. you don't want to drink a ton of it. What was um what did the one Fibonacci they did a uh, a garlic something or other for uh, Urban when they first started doing Bewilderfest? That it was supposed never to be had that. weird beers. Yeah. There was um, like a garlic beer. Somebody did some kind of like cheese something or like there was just really off the wall stuff that was that was horrible yeah but like so horrible (laughs) that it was so fun to try it is what they said it was right like they nailed for what they were shooting for yeah Yeah. and i I think urban on the beer side is is notorious for doing some stuff like that too that just just because they can they do it and (laughs) it's like i mean it's fun a good example for them i i I don't know if they plan on pickle
1: being this big thing that it is now no they definitely
2: didn't yeah it's a pickle goza. it tastes (laughs) like pickle juice and it's amazing
1: right like (laughs) I'm telling you, the beer can chicken with pickle.
0: Ooh, I've never had that.
1: I haven't done it yet either, but it's on the list for the summer. Oh, it's to get a can of pickle and do beer can chicken over it. It's and genius. So you and gotta, let it ride. You got to get your pickle now
0: yeah. because they're not releasing it again in the summer. Yeah. For everything I understand. And the Christmas pickle. Hmm, yeah. The leftover. Yeah. I need but to there is one. still some at Jungle Jim. I on saw close it. out. Yep. Um, I, need I need to get some.
1: Yeah, I don't know about pickle and chicken, though. We brine our chicken wings at home in pickle juice. Okay. And I will put them against anybody they're so good oh, so we need to, we need
0: to have a, a chicken wing showdown now i'm in let's go everybody, we're all close we can do it everybody wheel yeah. your tragers right uh, <laughs>
2: you have a Traeger too let's go oh, oh yes. yeah i got a Traeger. oh yeah dude
0: <laughs> um <laughs> we could go off a whole tangent I about know, Traegers right? and um the uh the ties of smoking food with craft beer the way that the, that, that mindset of how things work it's uh, it's the be- <laughs> it's the only way to cook food we like, um, I'm even this time of year, like it's cold outside, and I'm like scraping a foot of snow off of the grill trying to, uh, you know, make something really stupid that would just right. take like two minutes inside on the stove. I'm like, no, I gotta
1: smoke it. It was 12 <laughs> degrees on Sunday, and I went outside and made smoked guacamole. <laughs> perfect, <laughs> perfect example. Perfect example, <laughs> perfect example for, the, for the Super Bowl. I literally cut avocados in half and took them out there and smoked them, and then smoked corn and, uh, <laughs> the poblano cheese to make this could smoke not milk be milk. a better example i
0: will i will straight up like spend an hour like getting things ready to make a hot dog on a freaking traeger right, versus yep. throw it in the microwave it's anymore the, it's <laughs> the best hot dog you've ever had so good <laughs> um, so you guys if we can and get back right. on March 1st <laughs> or, or not. So uh, Woodburn, you guys, the, the news broke um, a little while back about uh, March 1st and Woodburn becoming part of the same family, which is also the same family of Fig Leaf. And um, talk a little bit about how that kind of factors into this bigger picture of who you guys are and who you're becoming
1: it's weird as we sit here in this room when I started here three years ago and this was the whole company, right? And now, um, you know, we have this cathedral of a tap room um, out front that we put our heart and soul into constructing. And then as soon as we were done with that, the Fig Leaf Partnership happened and and that fold came in and now we have that amazing tap room. And, and as these, I don't want to say opportunities, but it is, right? Like Like Woodburn... It came up, and and before before we
0: get too far into sure. into Woodburn, talking back about like that, you know, when this was what this place was. So the first time I sat down here and and did a show the week before, I think the tap room opened up. We were sitting there at the bar, and the idea of a tap room almost was just, oh yeah, we have a tap room, but it, it's here because people are telling us we have to have it. Right. It wasn't really part of what this was all about very quickly that changed yep. and then it kept changing and it kept changing. And it's just been this huge snowball of, uh,
1: of, of change for what March 1st is. We've very quickly. I mean, when March 1st opened, I wasn't here. I came in kind of at the planning stages for the other tap room. And, but I think it, to, to speak to that, like mindset, like the whole brewing business in Cincinnati changed right about then as, as March 1st, I think was like the 32nd brewery or 30. 30, I'd have to like look at a list. I'm sure sure you have a a list, but I think it was right, right around the mid thirties. Um, and you know, we sit here now with with 70, 66, I think, depending on how you count it. Something crazy like that in the metro area. And we realized very, very quickly that distribution wasn't going to float the boat. Um, so we needed to make a destination, um, and, and create um, an environment where people would come in and drink our beer here because the shelves, even now, are, I mean, they're crazy competitive. And then you've got other people coming in from out of town, right? Like you know Columbus, all of a sudden Columbus Brewing is here and they're just throwing bangers on the shelves. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's so hard to stand out on the shelves um, at coming into this as, as, a, as a new brewery. So we realized very quickly, obviously, the tap rooms were the play for us for long-term success. So, to build a tap room that was comfortable that people would want to come to
0: it's it's also it's crazy that you can have the best beer in the world, and the best beer in the world is on a shelf somewhere, sitting on a shelf somewhere yep. you know and the, you know you can you can go around here and beers that people used to to flock to be it zombie Duster, you right. know k b s or whatever it is sits on a shelf now hop slam sits on a shelf, goes to close out because people aren 't buying it like the, there's so much happening on shelves and in stores that um that that world is is different now like it's not always just about what it's not about the liquid in a any any package anymore it's about this other bigger thing of what of why people go to craft breweries or why people drink craft beer yep. uh, in a world where <laughs> in a world, world uh <laughs> um, you know you you talk about craft beer changing or cincinnati craft beer changing that's not even factoring a pandemic world into that (laughs) (laughs) right now now we've entered into this other phase of existence where um, you know maybe people are just going to Kroger buying their groceries grabbing a six pack of beer and then going home and they're if they're getting their craft beer they're getting it other ways or they're just stopping at one tap room and picking up beer to go. And like, it's just, it's a, it's a strange world now. And, um, having, having multiple tap rooms that are in different parts of town that have different personalities. Um, how does that factor into today's
1: world of craft beer? It's a very big question. It's, it's <laughs> strange, like the, I'm just trying to, in, in the profoundness of it. it is, is I don't even know the answer to that question. It, Having the, having the multiple tap rooms um, really, we don't want to see a neighborhood lose its brewery, right? So if, if for whatever reason, like if we were to, to go out, right, if March 1st was done, I would hope that like the people that, are, that love to come here would be able to come here with whoever else owned this before and ha- not have, you know, a, a, a furniture store or something like that moved in here. Old old Firehouse is one of the places
0: that has closed that nothing has moved in there. Maybe because he still wants to open it back up. Whatever. Sure. It's one of those places Mm -hmm. that I think that craft brewery did so much for the area that it was that somebody hasn't slid into that. It just, I I look at it and I'm like, that breaks my heart to see that what that brewery meant for that, that neighborhood or even that that town town. in their case. Yeah. And the fact that it is, its just sitting there idle just
1: it's, it's heartbreaking to it, see. Is. it is and it is and when you, when you think about like we were talking about how we knew the distribution wasn't the play they were everywhere yeah like they were distroing everywhere yeah. and it didn't sustain them um but yeah that's a perfect example of, of like i just i we as as these um you know breweries they phase out and they don't work out we have an amazing team we have an amazing back office staff we have um you know, awesome leadership. And as we can, um, you know, help sustain craft brewing in that, you know, in in Walnut Hills, and not that holy cow is esoteric, just a monster is in the beer from the jump when we went down there for industry. Their industry soft
2: opening. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's really hard. We all know this as um, individuals that have been in the industry for a while that opening up the doors and having every single beer be fundamentally solid and still like make you want like to think about, right? Like it's right. not just only fundamentally solid. It's just it's a delicious and well balanced beer. Like that shit blew me out of the, like the, it blew my they mind, were, right? Like they we, were so good. We had a great time there. Yeah. They yeah, were super so. super nice to us as well. And I mean, yeah. the tap room was great. The experience was great. The service was great. And the beer was even better. Yeah. So like
1: to to have Walnut Hills like have like lose Woodburn like would be sad. So we have we have the the desire to do it. We have the um, ability to do it with the team to do it and so why not try and sustain Woodburn and, and keep Walnut Hills alive or Woodburn that neighborhood of Woodburn alive as like a you know it, it needs an anchor it's a great spot man that tap room is beautiful
0: uh, you know and maybe we're going to kind of uh, inside baseball with yeah. this but um, I, I will get people that are angry for me not asking some of the questions about Woodburn since Send it, talking about it Um the the idea of keeping the name and keeping the brand of woodburn alive how much of a discussion was that how easy of a decision was it to keep it and and keep it kind of it's gotten a refresh and it's a little bit different it still kind of fits in with um everything else you guys are doing but um still it's still woodburn you know for sure how how much of a discussion was that
2: I mean, discussion-wise, there is definitely more than one discussion that had different conclusions to it. Um, it was definitely a process that we took by steps and figured out the pros and cons like you would in any critical thinking situation. Um, I think the biggest, um, I guess, logic that we used to, to keep the name was that, I mean, it's on Woodburn Ave, is in a beautiful neighborhood and we wanted to keep the people that were there for when Woodburn was in the best of of light. We wanted those people to be back, right? like We wanted right. to keep that experience going. I mean, at least I can speak to my, about myself selfishly. When I went there when it first opened, when Chris Mitchell was still there, I mean, I had some of the best beer in the city and I loved every second of it and I want to see it come back in some sort of fashion and that was part of the logic we used
1: moving into that decision. Yeah, I think too it, it, Woodburn, Woodburn Brewing, all of the industry stigma and stuff like that, a lot of people a lot of really good people worked really hard to make Woodburn what it was at its height and i don't think it would be fair to have it diminished or eliminated because of one person that would the- <laughs> that's that's the part that i think and you guys don't have to
0: come out and say it is one person that destroyed that business and what it was to not just the community but to this 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 craft beer world around it. Like it was, it was on course to do some incredible stuff and one person destroyed. And, and I, you know, I've had the discussions with other people that, um, yeah, other reasons were kind of in play with all that. And it's bullshit. It's all, it's all bullshit. It was, it was one person that did it. (laughs) We all knew who that person was. And, and like it, it's, it's upsetting that you can take, a group of people that were just dumping every ounce of themselves into a place and into an idea and into, um, in, into, into Woodburn and what that is and have that all destroyed by one person who, you know, the issues aside, you know, it's, it's 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 again heartbreaking the same way that that we were talking about before with seeing you know old firehouse sitting idle it's it's just heart it shouldn't be that way and yeah. the fact that there is that opportunity for new life um, makes me feel good
1: and having the the logo be a phoenix.
2: How like how <laughs> it's
1: meant to happen, right? Like how can, how can you not give that a second chance, right? So I I think it deserves it for sure, and and the neighborhood deserves to have it as its flagship, and we'll we'll do right by it, right? I mean for that's sure. that's one of the things that um when we sit down and, and we talk about what we're doing at the Milcroft with the distillery and that building and how important that building is to Milford, I know in my heart of hearts that we will do right by the building. We'll do right yeah. by the history. We'll do right by the building. And we'll do the same thing with Luverne. So um,
0: when when March 1st opened, there was kind of a, uh, there was a lot of people that were talking about the fact that it was, um, was a big money coming in and starting a brewery distillery. It didn't have soul. It didn't have this. It didn't have that. It's just somebody coming in and starting a business and the fact that that over time whether it existed in the beginning or not as a whole you could have that argument but the fact that over time things have proven to be a little bit different you know be it resurrecting the millcroft and keeping keeping that soul of that building alive or um you know you know with with woodburn and keeping that brand and that idea exi- it's easy to just wipe that stuff off and start from scratch and build you know, a nice new little warehouse with a with a tap room and a really you know pretty brew house or distillery or whatever it is in there. The fact that that hasn't been the way that things have been done have um, it, it's proven a lot about where this business can go long term. I think sure. I get some of the arguments that people make about how this place started and um, kind of some of the. Uh, uh, some of the philosophies behind it when it started, but I I I believe long term in what this is becoming.
1: It's it's so the, I mean the rumors are true, right? Like we're insanely well financed. That's it is what it is. Sure. but I will say that um, Mark, our owner, lets us run this right. He's incredibly invested and incredibly passionate about it. And he but he doesn't do this for him. He does this because he wants to see us succeed and us to grow it. Um and I, I say us, I say me, Brian, Josh, Beth, Jeff, and Kevin. Like I think that's what I think is so fascinating about it. Cause I think maybe day one that
0: wasn't the way it was. Like right. I think day one, maybe it was like, Oh, this is what I want to do because I think that this is what I think is is, mm-hmm. is going to succeed because mm-hmm. that's what I like. And that ability to evolve and change with watching what's happening around you and the people that are coming in here and the people that are working for it, like that, not even some of like the places that we all love can't adjust like that. Can't see the world around them the way that, uh, that, that maybe ownership here has, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot to be said about that, that ability to adapt and change and evolve. um, it, It, Means something for what this can be long term, yeah, and I'm talking long term. Like it's, we, you know, our, the breweries in the city are still babies. Like we, you know, but Mount Carmel is what 15 years maybe, <laughs> yeah, and that's the oldest. And they sure. yeah, they're their old hand, right? <laughs> like that's that's nothing in in the world. And like you know, you're talking about now businesses that you hope can like can transition generations and, and and become something long long term. And I you know, when I look at places like this, that potential is there. There are some great breweries that I don't see that potential with.
1: I think the one thing that we've learned is that the business plan isn't etched in stone. Right? Like there's a delete key. We were an eraser. Uh,
2: We were a cider and logger house only when we first Dude. opened to speak <laughs> yeah. to that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we we the the industry term, especially during these times, is we've hip, we pivoted we, we figured yeah. out what sold. We figured out what we like to do and what we were good at. And we, we,
1: we did those things right. At least I like to think so. We did. I think so for sure. Like the right moves with the right team and the right time. Environment, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I will say at lunch today, speaking of Mount Carmel, we blew it. Oh yeah, Dude, I they came they back to up the up table. Yeah. I said they had an up round and we went with Hayscraft and we blew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blew it. I love Mount Carmel's Nut Brown. I, I,
0: so Mount Carmel, like there are times where I'm like, man, I just wish they would do something, something just different, something off the wall and really like start getting out there and like getting up with the trends and craft beer. And then like you go there and you sit on that patio and you get your Nut Brown or your blonde or whatever it is. And like, you're like Oh, Oh yeah. No, I don't, I don't want anything else other than this. Like no. this right here is exactly what it's supposed to be. And, um, I need to I need to talk to them again, and get them back on the show. For uh, sure. I, I I hope they're doing okay. <laughs>
2: they're their coffee brown and their blueberry hibiscus. Like Blondale, was some of the first local like craft beer that I had that was like a turning moment kind of thing, right? Where it's like, Oh shit. This is yeah. what beer can taste like. So yeah.
1: good dude. I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of that campus that they've built down oh my there. God. The, the pond and the food. Are you serious? Like their food is incredible. Yeah.
0: Destination for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and the fact that so much of that he's done himself, like literally done himself is just, it's mind blowing. It's they, they've, they've done incredible stuff. It's, we're getting off topic.
1: <laughs> we're getting way off topic. But while
0: we're off topic. We, we should call Mike Dewey right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: get them, speaking of, of guys that work super hard and create a tremendous product and built their tap room like with their own hands. Jason up at Tin Cap Ciders in Wilmington. I've, I haven't it, been there. Worth the trip. It's insane. Get in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, in, it's incredible. And the, the, the building's amazing. The cider's great. Um, one of our best customers, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he buys he buys like more of our beer than like anybody. So much bomb down. pop, yeah, bomb well, pop. Well, he's come
2: through yeah. like for us for cider and whatnot, and all of their ciders are super approachable. They have pretty heavily fruited versions. They have some tart versions. It's it's a a well rounded like campus too. They have a huge patio and so nice. Yeah, man. they're killing it in that town. Definitely sure. need to
0: get up
1: there. Yeah. Um, what that about pulled, the uh, good.
0: the mead place? Have you guys uh, functional
1: there? delights. Josh yeah. went up and bought a bottle of everything they make. Did he drink it all before sharing it? No. I have a bottle on my desk. We can drink one if you want. I
2: mean, I, I would like to try some, but... We have some floating, don't we? Like yeah, an extra some, bottle? Yeah, there's some bottles back there. Um, I, I'll buy it from Josh.
0: There are things that... No, let's just drink it. Don't tell him. Oh, no, that's good. <laughs> Does <laughs> yeah. he have some on his desk? Because that's the stuff we should drink. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he
0: won't know until he listens to this
1: episode. <laughs> he won't, too, because he's got so much stuff on
0: his desk. His inventory is bad. Um, I I know so little about meat. I think that's probably what gets me excited about some of these things, be it, you know, cider or mead. Like Mm -hmm. I, there are things that I don't have the knowledge or the experience with that just like, there's this thing in my head that like it, it clicks into this other gear that gets me really pumped about it when I'm trying things like, Oh, this is good. Like, what is this? Yeah. You find (laughs) out why they're good too. It it releases the inner nerd. What is happening here that, that is, this is so different than other things that I'm, that I've been drinking. And that that's again, kind of kicking into that idea of a place like this where you, you walk in and the, the board is full of things that maybe you don't, you're not familiar with. Oh yeah.
2: Speaking of that, I mean, I had a huge luxury when I came on here as a bartender and as a, Seller person and learning from ben ramsey who was formerly old firehouse on the beer side and then shea pride more from all of the still distilling all of the cider all of the wine stuff that i mean like we've all discussed that shea can ferment anything
1: lettuce <laughs> wine
2: he yeah. can probably ferment farts like we've talked about but no i mean that that was a, a, a luxury for me moving into this to this place was having two well-rounded yeah mentors in a sense that i mean set us up to to move forward as well i mean on every kind of realm that we have
0: where does it go like where does all of this go like where do you see and i, I don't know how to i don't even know how to classify it it's not it's not a craft brewery it's not a craft distillery it's a it's a thing like where do you see all of this
1: going in the future we're on a ride right like that's, that's, a, that's a it really is like it's an a, understatement a, yeah it's a ride <laughs> so for us i mean the, the plan is to continue to um, to focus on the spirit side not that we obviously don't make beer and and stuff like that but the spirit side i think is where we can see ourselves really kind of separating ourselves from the pack and becoming a, a player because um there's just so there's so much that you can do and there's so much that's not being done that's that's the big thing there's so much that's not being done
0: right. for lots of reasons
1: yeah so that's kind of our, our our focus as as we grow. Now obviously we 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 would love to add, you know, to to all of our facilities, right? We that we've got plans to remodel this space back here and make it a little match the front a little bit more. Right. Um, you know, we've got plans to um, you know, do Woodburn, but we try and and tackle things kind of one at a time and, and but then things pop up in the middle. Um, but I mean, our focus this year is to get Woodburn and to get Millcroft open. So that's, that's like, I'm so,
0: you guys have a lot of irons on the fire <laughs> yeah, right I, I really do. <laughs>
1: so, uh, tunnel vision on like those two openings. Cause those are really, really big projects that are going to be happening. So
0: well, and uh, Millcroft, you guys are being right now held back by just getting the construction done. Uh, Woodburn, you guys are being held back right now by a little bit of construction, but mostly some licensed stuff, trying to get all that to go through. Yeah. Um, but looking, you know, bigger to like industry-wide kind of stuff, like where does this go? Do people still go to craft breweries the same way that they were before for the same reasons? Where does Where does this idea of saddling up to the bar. Where does that? I, I point to the bar that doesn't exist right here yeah. anymore. Are <laughs> saddling up to the yeah, bar no. right there?
2: <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, I still think that breweries are going to be, they're going to have their space and, and their fit how they used to in some senses. But I think we're going to see a lot of different versions of breweries. You're seeing ones that are food focused, ones that are more like serve yourself focused, something like Blue Ash. I think there's just different versions of, of breweries that we might see that we probably haven't even thought of at all
0: it's hard. Like it's hard to uh, do breweries, start replacing uh, the other places that we go to hang out. Like, is that what we're, what we're kind of seeing? Like, is it like, if you go to like a neighborhood bar, should that be a tiny little brewery? Like, should those guys be making beer or, you know, if you go to a mom and pop restaurant, should that be a mom and pop brew pub? Like, is that where it's going?
1: Should they Uh, probably will? They, who knows? I th- I think you're going to see I don't think that they'll they'll replace the your neighborhood bar right like I think of of like village tavern in Westchester as like our neighborhood bar That's for or sure. yeah or or those things but I do think you're going to start to see breweries really impact large chains I think that you'll see people coming here maybe in lieu of going to Buffalo Wild Wings or you'll see people coming going to um You know, like uh, in in Westchester, for example, like going to Grainworks, maybe instead of going to the chains that are at VOA.
0: Sure, but that that whole idea, like it's fascinating to me because, like, if you're Buffalo Wild Wings and you see that happening, how quickly can you jump on that and be like, "Fuck this, we're we're starting a brewery, we're 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 BJ's now, right?" Buffalo Wild Brewery. I don't (laughs) think those major chains, like even if Buffalo can. Like, they, that's that's well, the whole that's the crazy part to me is that they can like, I think they a
1: heartbeat. can' but in Cincinnati, would you be pumped to go to a buffalo Wild Wings brewery? I would definitely try it I would definitely try once it, but, right I yeah. would
0: but what if it's great how
2: many times have you been
1: to BJ's? it's great
0: I've been to bj's a lot we, well then I, that was from, not the answer I expected rec- month. Recently, <laughs> recently not but like that's because I'm trying to support local businesses that actually make their beer i'm a huge kazuki fan too by the way oh my god like bj's is good yeah <laughs> that's
2: i mean it's just i don't know i guess that's what chris is maybe trying to say is the how many times have you been to a local brewery or local breweries in general compared to the proportion of bj visits because that's the only like chain example i can think of that's around here
0: right but how many you know and i don't know like if it's obviously if it was buffalo wild brewery with that same logo, just with like a, a beer glass or something, right? <laughs> it probably wouldn't do as well as if it was, give it another name, call yeah. it something else that, you know, kind of masquerades as a craft brewery. And then they kind of you know, like, that's, that's where my mind goes is that the chains, I hope none s- of them are
1: listening, <laughs> but, but these conversations have to be happening with I, some of them. I would think they would be right. Cause if you go to Buffalo Well Wings now, like they don't fill all their lines even like they're holding back. Well, at least they were. They probably are now. During COVID,
0: yeah.
1: Um, But you're right. Like if they took those down and rebranded them like that, I think it would. I think it would have a profound effect on their business because people want beer that's made close by. But And maybe it's not
0: Buffalo Wild Wings. Maybe Buffalo Wild Wings folds and, and, and it doesn't exist anymore. But then there's a brewery that starts up that says, hey man, there's all these old Buffalo Wild Wings sitting around. We could start a brewery that makes really great wings and beer and we could just put chains all over the place and call it something that seems local. And like, I don't know, like there's, there's, there's this, this gap in the marketplace right now of places that can fill
1: Space. I also hope the guys from Mount Carmel aren't listening because they have great wings. And great yeah, they, have, they have really great <laughs> wings. I
0: feel I feel confident in saying that, that Mike and Kathleen Dewey are not ready to uh, to uh, <laughs> franchise out across yeah. the world. <laughs> well, what are you guys boys? What are you boys doing after the show? You want to get a business plan together? Or what?
1: <laughs> I think yeah, I think like locally, one of the one of the um, like chain restaurants I think that could do it, like Dewey's. Yeah, but there's like they sell a
0: ton of beer. I could probably name like a handful like off the top of my head places that could do really great mm-hmm. if they had somebody making their own beer too, even just like a, a tap but like, i or or but two. I, mm-hmm. I think like in this this bigger idea of like these big big businesses that have tons of money behind them, it wouldn't take much for them to open breweries or to you know maybe contract something out or i don't know i just I yeah. feel like we're entering this other world of craft beer where. And we've been talking about it for a long time that, you know, the brands that are masquerading as craft that aren't really craft, like we're going to see that. Like we're going to see it in a different level too. the in the next um, near future. (laughs) That's that's what people want to drink. And uh, that's where people want to go. And that's where people want to feel like they're um, spending their money. You know, it's going to be weird. It's gonna it be, is it's going to be difficult to kind of sort through all of the stuff that's happening around you and figure out what's real and what's not and um where you really want to throw your support because again I like going to BJ's. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> it's, it's it's difficult. Yeah. Um, I I liked going to Rock Bottom before they, you know, yeah. imploded. Yeah, it's I feel like rock bottom. I
2: don't know, like, because there are some people that came out of there that kind of bounced into this industry, so it made it a little bit more personal,
0: at least for me, right? Yeah, but yeah. like, but if if I'm a large company, you can create that. You yeah, can create you, that. did it here. You can create that space that enables people to come in and learn and and grow and create great product while they're doing that, for sure. And if you lose them, that's fine. They, Absolutely. you know, you, you bring somebody else in, and like.
1: Dude, cheesecake Factory starts brewing, fold, fold it up, dude. We're done. They got a book of beers; it's <laughs> right. large as their menu. Right.
0: All these uh, these big like milkshakes, milkshake stouts, and Seriously. like Berliners and stuff. You got 148 taps. Jesus Christ! Yo, All cheese, different
1: beers. Cheesecake Factory, hit me up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! I thought I would go there. I would. I, actually, would? I would go there. My gosh, can you imagine
1: like a, that cheesecake next even, to
0: Even even if I knew that it was cheesecake factory, maybe even more so. No, right. it was cheesecake, factory. <laughs> right? <laughs> I've wondered sometimes like if um this is a little bit different, but even if like the big Demon Brewery if Anheuser-Busch came into town and opened a brewery in an OTR and it was, you know, Uh, augie's pub you know augustus bush and it was thrown to (laughs) through to some kind of like heritage of you know anheuser bush and they you know they said here's here's budweiser on tap yeah but here's you know our unfiltered budweiser that's made on you know made here and here's you know four other taps of something fun that our Mm -hmm. brewmaster here wanted to make
1: i'd freaking go i'd go that's that's fucked up though that i would go there and I would be excited to go there, dude. I went to Sam Adams and but, had the same experience. And then this—I mean, I don't want to. Not that Sam Adams brute, is not the same. Not the same. That's <laughs> with Chris well, on too. Like he, is yeah, a fantastic brewery. Like yeah,
2: but I mean, it is a good example. It's, yeah. it's a comparable I mean, example for it's sure. A, it's it, a
0: huge it, company. It's a it's a it's a worldwide kind of juggernaut that I'm I'm all about. They're going
2: yeah. you know they're gonna do it well. If they put some big German beer hall down in OTR, yeah. like, dude. <laughs> Steinhois and shit. Yeah, I'm showing up. You have unfiltered Budweiser,
0: like you said. Hell yeah, I want to know what that tastes like. Right, and that's but that's scary to me that nobody has figured that out yet. Because once people do, what does this? What happens to this world around us? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't want to think Things about it. the crippling anxiety. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Goodness. I mean, there's opportunity in, in craft beer still, even if the, the market is in quotes
0: saturated around here. Obviously, it's not fully saturated. Because, it's not even close to being yeah. saturated. That's the thing. Like how many people are drinking beer right now? Not at a brewery, especially not a, from a brewery. And we're some not of from the, the newest brewery. ones that are popping up that are just killing it. Yeah, they are just fine. We're just we're not even close to saturation. Every time I sit down at a bar and they didn't make their beer, there was a missed opportunity. And that's coming from somebody who is super geeky about breweries and about this whole world. Like I drink a lot of beer that's not from you know the brewery that made it, right? For sure. You know if that makes sense. What gets you guys excited right now about um, about craft beer? Oh man. We've
2: been drinking so is much it, craft beer lately because
0: of shift beers. That, like, yeah. is it, And we should talk about shift beers in a little bit, even though okay. it's not affiliated with March 1st in any way, shape, or form.
2: What, what gets me excited? I don't, I don't know. I mean, at least from like a production standpoint, we've been really moving towards some of the, the fun flavor combinations you can make, whether it be fruited beers or mostly like flavored spirits because with the, the whole screwball blow up that happened pre and during covid it's kind of opened up another market for us that, like, for for example, Chris mentioned a blueberry dental whiskey that will definitely be hitting the shelves at some point this year. And it fucking is delicious. <laughs> but, uh, so good. It's just, I don't know, at least for myself, from a production standpoint, um, I've always been a huge food nerd. I've got somewhat of a culinary background. I almost went to culinary school before I came into this industry. And, like, just flavor profiles and stuff I can do on the spirit side now when it's acceptable is definitely what I'm getting excited about.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I get excited about how much and, and i think part of like uh, COVID is partially responsible for this and it's it's become a strain on our business because of it too but how much breweries are packaging now and how easily i'm able to get like new stuff fresh beer all the time right That's like great stuff i've never right. never would have guessed is in a can somewhere i'm like holy cow they bottled this so or can this and and i can get it without having to go... And I lo- don't get me wrong, I love to visit the breweries, but I'm but also in a brewery all the time. But there's also places... You know. You look at uh,
0: Cartridge over in, in mm-hmm. Mainville. Yeah. It's not a huge tap room. Uh, it gets a little busy when people are there showing up for dinner. Like it's, it's hard to just go there and just grab a beer. Yeah. Except now you can get their cans. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. you, you can get online and get on an app and pre-order their cans and pick them up and all of a sudden have their beer. And that's a brewery that's w- what four months old, something yeah. like that. Like that's the fact that that is the world we
1: live in now. And that's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> it, it's amazing to be able to get uh, beer like that.
2: An example that might not be COVID sensitive is like Westside. I've been in Westside a couple times, but I haven't
0: really like an, experienced their tap room, but I've had every single can of product that they have packaged <laughs>
2: right. because they're all delicious. <laughs>
0: yeah, And that's, you know, I, I, I am lucky that I live close to jungle gym, so I can get lots of packaged beer that is kind of sent out there on a, uh, on a bigger scale. And, like, I've drank more West Side beer in the last year than I think I did in probably the, the previous year and a half. You Seriously. Know? Like just the amount of, of beer that I'm able to get my hands on now and different beers. And, like, every time
1: they release something, just being able to go grab it. They can stuff that no one else is canning, too. That's true. right. Like, they can to Heffy in December. Love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> that shit's in my fridge right now. Yep. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. I mean, that Schwartz beer. Yeah. Right. And and didn't like disguise it as a dark lager or anything like that. It said Schwartz beer, big letters on the can, go. (laughs) A
2: session IPA in like October, or November. Like, yeah, that is exactly what I want right now.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. Uh, I think that's my, the thing that excites me the most is like, we're able to get beer from everybody with like, not very much effort. What scares you about craft beer right now? The fact that I can get everybody's beer everywhere (laughs) all the time. (laughs)
0: Um, I mean, like, we, we keep hearing this, this doom and gloom about where craft beer is headed that everybody's going to shut down, nobody can sustain this, that uh, COVID's going to kill everybody. And um, we're not seeing it locally. We're seeing places figure it out and get scrappy and, 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 and make things happen.
1: It's a testament to how tough this industry is. Like, th- anybody that's been here longer than a year is battle tested. Um, for sure. So, and and then the old hands, like the guys at Mount Carmel again, and Listerman, and the guys who've been doing this forever, um, like, I mean, this is like, oh, it's a tough year, but we've had tough years, you know. So, um, it's definitely and how tough the brewing industry in this town is. The fact that people are bouncing back and like, like you can see them kind of like prepping for summer, like, okay, maybe we're getting through this, maybe we're getting through this, and we're in the same boat, right? Like we're we're opening Woodburn this summer,
2: right? Like. And we've had yeah. the luxury with Fig Leaf in March first to have a lot of open space in our tap room. So when we were allowed to open, we could do it well and make I mean, obviously every the biggest fear of every tap room operator is to have any guests feel uncomfortable, right? So we've yeah. had the luxury to, to space things out and, and offer a safe and and comfort yeah. comfor- right. comfortable experience, right?
1: Yeah. But I think the thing that scares me about craft beer is is uh kind of what you mentioned with like Augie's pub, right? Like the big guys figuring it out. It's like they just have to flip a switch. It would take <laughs> <They> just, <laughs> one epiphany, three minutes, it's, 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 and Augie. They would have like a whole staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's terrifying.
0: Well, when that, and, and take a staff that is people that are currently working in that local spot too. Is, yeah, for sure. You know, it's not like they're just bringing in their best people from St. Louis and bringing them into. No, they're yeah. they're taking people that are already here. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary and. I think the scarier part of of that is that I would go there and I would kind of be excited about it opening. And so what I yeah. that's, that's 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 terrifying to me.
2: I don't what scares me I guess at least from a production side like being a traditionalist like my, like myself it's just where the trends of craft beer go. Especially I mean yeah. Every industry and in, and we'll call them craft beer nerds loves a good pilsner and a good crispy boy that's done well or a good traditional English style but Myself, I'm afraid that it's going to rotate away from that. I'll still hopefully be able to brew it, but
0: I feel like it already is rotated away from that. And that's why maybe it's
2: going to become more dramatic. Um, Well, luckily with us, we have three, soon to be three brewing brands, including Woodburn, obviously that we can fit
0: those in every now and then, but... I think also being in a city like Cincinnati, there are, there are so many other places that can make a giant pastry stout with Skittles and, and something in it. And then somebody that's making some big milkshake New England IPA that, you know, has mm-hmm. Lucky Charms in it, you know, and like that can be happening and you can still have your place in the middle doing something else. For sure. And not not have to worry at all because somebody else is doing that other stuff. So there is those things that, and you may have more people lining up for that or for this or whatever, but the fact that they're leaving room for other stuff to happen. Absolutely. that, That you can have a sour only brewery in Cincinnati is exciting. Yeah. The fact that you could, if you wanted to have a brewery that was just Belgians, I know that Humble Monk has tried to kind of be that, Even that, they're not just making Belgians, but they could. Yeah. (laughs) They could. The fact that you could have a brewery that only makes dark beer or only makes this or Mm -hmm. only lagers or only, that's, we could. Like, we live in a city now where that can happen. That's where it shows that the market's not saturated. Exactly. If Taxman from from
2: Indianapolis, Indiana area, if they drop the tap room right now, I guarantee you, people will be lining up.
0: Exactly. And I would
2: be in the front of the line fighting my way because that's one of my favorite breweries in I've the, heard good
0: that I've, I've had some of their beer, but I've never been there, but I've heard really good things.
2: Yeah. It's incredible. I love Belgian beer though, but you want to say it
1: or what? That the double got the, Oh, I don't want to say <laughs> it. Got the silver. What did tax man it? They got a Whatever. It's, it's not a big deal guys. It's not a big deal.
0: <laughs> uh, if we can, before we wrap up, if we can shift gears, you want to get, talk about shift beers? Oh, uh, not yeah. that the, not that it's associated with March 1st at yeah.
2: all. So uh, so Shift Beers is a podcast that Chris secret. and I do, not Josh and Beth. They're not included whatsoever.
0: <laughs> sometimes you guys
2: invite them on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should, I mean, <laughs> if they're lucky. No, it's a uh, Shift Beers is a podcast that's that we do um with some March 1st employees. It's not necessarily it's not at all March 1st affiliated, but it's kind of just a podcast where we sit down and crack open sometimes it's certain styles, sometimes it's more personal experiences with beers and whatnot. And we kind of bullshit and have fun and talk over some beers.
0: The concept of a shift beer for anybody who does not understand what a shift beer is uh, for people that work in the industry, you get done with your work day. A lot of times part of your day includes a, a, a beer. You get a beer at the end of your shift and you sit down, everything's done for the day you take that breath and you drink a beer and like that is exactly what the podcast is. It's sitting down with those, you know, your coworkers yeah, at the end of your day, having a beer or whatever the hell you're drinking, whatever that, you know, beer and beer, loco, thing. the four local, ham. <laughs> you know, you're, you're <laughs> drinking at the end of your, your work day and kind of blowing off some steam and just talking about whatever comes up. Like it's, it is the perfect, uh, personification of a shift beer in a
1: podcast that's a high praise coming from from the podcast
0: (laughs) i love master i I love the show so much i would show up and be on the show every single week if i was allowed
1: (laughs) you are allowed (laughs) that's awesome i I love it so much that's awesome we have a we have a great time and i think it's just a testament again to to how closely knit our team is the fact that we would be willing to spend an extra like two hours a week together because we're together all the time yeah Yeah. um so uh you know it's awesome I i don't like dread it Ever obviously because it's the most fun and it is literally a way for us to blow off steam and say swear words into a microphone and burp. <laughs> yep. Wait, we burp in the show? Uh, me and you. Yeah. Um. If if I remember,
0: I will put a link in the show notes to the uh, to the show. If I forget, somebody send me a message and I'll add it in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm Thank really really bad with show notes. <laughs> nice. Um, but it's actually really easy because if you're listening to this, you listen to podcasts already. You can probably just search wherever you are listening to this. Like there's probably a thing you could just type in new shows. And I assume Shift beers is probably there. If it's not there, um, don't tell me, tell Josh, um, <laughs> find him on social media. Um, is he still raging hop on social media or is he is other he things raging
1: hop on
2: Twitter? I think still, oh, I think he sure. still has a raging hop uh, Instagram handle yeah, as he well. A lot of, uh, uh,
0: Look, Aliases. Look, look for him, <laughs> Yeah. and yell at him. Come here and yell at I him. I can't do it. Yeah, just come here. Come here. Grab a beer. Drink that beer. Grab another beer, and then start looking for yeah, him. Kick, and yeah, and then kick the
1: it. office door open. He's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Slam some peppermint schnapps, and then yell at John. <laughs> just, just sit at the bar and start yelling, raging hop. <laughs> <Right. laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the first person that does that, um, maybe I'll buy you a beer.
1: I yep. hope they do it. <laughs> It'd
0: be Uh, Julia. It'll be be (laughs) Julia. I appreciate you guys more than I can tell you. Um, You made an angry afternoon, a very happy afternoon for me. And, um, you've reminded me that I do kind of like Belgian style beer. There awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for having, for having us. us. Um, we'll be back next week. I am not going to tell you where we're at because I'm not doing that anymore because <laughs> when I do, people freaking cancel on me but we'll be back next week. This is Scentsy Brewcast, the voice of Scentsy Craft.